Amen. Philippians chapter number 3, verses 10 through 15. If you found it, say praise the Lord. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Amen. That was this morning's message. Not as though I had already attained, even were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forth to those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Let me tell you, your mindset makes all the difference in the world. Amen. The apostle is writing to the church to have the right mindset. Let us be thus minded. Let us have this mentality. Let us think this way. And if you think another way, God's going to reveal it to you. And as I told this morning, this message is your revelation from God about how you're supposed to think. Amen. Lord, I thank you, God, for your presence, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your power, for your word, for the anointing that I feel. God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, because you are in this place. And God, I pray that you would move not only here in the sanctuary, but in the homes, the places, wherever anyone is watching right now or will be watching in the future. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost destroy yokes. I bind every power of darkness that would try to hinder the move of your spirit. I take dominion and authority over it by the word of God and by the name of Jesus. God, I worship and I praise you and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a great hand clap of praise tonight. Amen. Wherever you are, why don't you give him praise? Your praise opens the door, creates an atmosphere for his spirit to move. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him because faith is being getting ready to be released. Faith comes by hearing the word of the Lord. And it's the word of the Lord that's releasing faith into somebody right now. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I, I, before I get started too long, I want to say how much, again, that I appreciate all of our workers, our video personnel, technical staff, and also our uh, singers and musicians. Now, um, these singers are all in my age group, and uh, they've been singing here since the 90s, but all these young people that played the music weren't even born back then, and didn't they all do a great job? Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Amen. Paul was preaching a mentality to the church. 
We ended this morning's message with the very simple mindset that we must live by. And that mentality is that by any means I must attain to the resurrection. No matter what I got to do, I got to be saved. Whatever I have to cut out of my life, whoever I got to cut out of my life, whatever activities I need to change, whatever company I need to keep, I've got to be saved more than i got to do anything else. Amen. I can go into heaven. The Bible said maimed. I could go into heaven with injury. I could go into heaven with trouble and trial. I could go into heaven with parts of my body crippled or injured or missing. And that would be fine because heaven's going to be heaven no matter what once you get there. But the key is you got to get there. And so whatever you've got to do to be saved, that, my brothers and sisters, is of utmost importance. The the, the Apostle Paul steps one step further in the next verse, into verse number three, I'm sorry, verse number 12 of chapter number three. And then he switches gears just a little bit. He's still preaching about the kind of mentality we have to have to be able to serve God and to live for him and to make it to heaven. But then he says, not as though I had already attained. He said, by any means, I've got to make it to the resurrection. And he said, he said and, and I'm not living like I've already made it there. I'm not living like I've already attained it. I'm not just in cruise control down here on earth. I know that I met God on the road to Damascus, and I know that I heard a voice from heaven And I know that I was baptized in his name and filled with his spirit. And I've preached his word and I've served him and I've lived for him and I've given my life to him. But with all of that, I have to keep a mindset I've not already attained. I'm not in heaven yet. I've still got to live to make it to heaven. I'm not going to live like I've already made it. You see, one of the problems that many people get the longer that they live for God the more they live like they've already made it to heaven. Their worship is not as intense as it was when they were just coming out of alcohol and drugs and false doctrine. You get somebody that comes in out of a dead religion, out of dead Christianity with no worship and no power and no spirit, and when they come in this atmosphere, they can't wait to worship God. They come through the door ready to shout. Amen. I get text messages from some of our new members. They can't wait to come to church. They can't wait to feel the presence of God. They can't wait because they understand that there's something about that presence. I've not already made it to heaven, but this is as close as I can get while on earth. But you let somebody get old and grumpy in their spirit, and you let somebody get static in their walk with God, and after they've been serving God a while, sometimes, not always, but sometimes, They get the mentality, oh, I got to go to church tonight. It's Wednesday. I got to get ready and go to church. It's Sunday. My brothers and sisters, I don't ever look at going to the house of God that way. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I've not already attained heaven. I'm living like I'm still trying to get there. My life, is my mentality is I'm still striving to make heaven my home. Not as though, I mean, if anybody, if anybody other than Jesus himself could have said, I've done enough, it seems like it would have been the Apostle Paul. But no, he said, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. He said, 
I'm not, he said, I, I, I'm not, I don't have everything I need to have. That, that word perfect means complete. He said, I, I still feel like there's more for me. I still feel like there's a next level for me. I still feel like there's a next step for me. God, I don't want to get so proud in my spirit that because I've been in church my whole life that I act like I think I've got everything that I'll ever need and that there's not more. God, don't let it let me ever get so arrogant in my spirit that I feel like there's nothing else that you can speak to me and touch me with and let me know, God, I'm hungry. I'm preaching a mentality tonight. I follow after. I'm still pursuing it. I'm still going after it. I'm still coming after you, God. I haven't been around so long that I don't, don't have a taste for your presence and a taste for more of you. I still am looking in your word because every time I open this leather-bound book, I find something else that it just fills my soul. I'm following after. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with much of Christianity and dare I say much of Pentecostalism and can I break it down to much of apostolic Pentecostalism is we live like we've already got everything that we need and we've got everything that there is to get but I'm still hungry. You can tell somebody that's hungry because they still worship like they're hungry. They pray like they're hungry. They serve like they're hungry. You find me a church that's hungry for more and I'll show you a revival church. But you show me a church that feels like they've got it all and I'll show you a church that's dying. I follow after. My Lord, if anybody would have seemed like they already got all they needed, it would have been Paul. He had been to the third heaven and seen visions that he wasn't even allowed to talk about. He had seen the delivering power of God, experienced the miraculous. He had been miraculously delivered, but yet he said, God, I'm still following after more. That if I may apprehend, I still got to get a hold of what's got a hold of me. I don't think I've already got it all. I'm going to live my life preaching about a mentality we got to have. And then he says in verse 13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Same thought. He says it again. He says basically the same thing. In verse 12, I haven't attained it yet. I'm still following after it. In verse 13, he says, I, I don't count myself as to having apprehended. I don't feel like I've got everything that I can get. I haven't really got a grasp on everything. That word apprehend means to seize or possess or to catch. I don't feel like I've caught everything that I can catch. And I'm not talking about COVID right now. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more for Bethlehem Church. There's more for you as a man, a woman, a young person. There's more. There's more we can get of God. We haven't exhausted his grace yet. We haven't exhausted his power yet. We haven't seen all the miracles we're going to see. We haven't had all the revival that we're going to have yet. I'm looking at folks that are still hungry. My God, I'm looking across this crowd right now, and I see little children worshiping God, and I see elders that have been in church for decades worshiping God. I feel like we're still hungry for more. I'm preaching a mentality to Bethlehem Church. Whether you're in the house or at home right now, I'm preaching a pressing mentality. I feel a need in my spirit that we've got to go higher. 
We're running out of time, folks. We're running out of time to have revival. We're running out of time to reach people. We're running out of time. Look, you don't have time to play games with God. Paul said, I don't count like I've apprehended, but this one thing I do. He said, here, I find it, I find it interesting that he said one thing I do, and then he said two things. But they're so intrinsically tied together that you can't really have one without the other. He said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. I can't live in the past. I cannot live in my past. I can't let my past failures stop me. I can't beat myself up forever. My Lord in heaven. Over all the stuff I used to be and used to do. I got to forget those things which are behind. I don't allow myself to think I've got it all. And I don't allow myself to be stagnated by what's already in my past. I'm not going to let yesterday stop me from reaching for my tomorrow. What he said is I'm not going to let yesterday frustrate my future. I'm not going to let what's behind me keep me out of my destiny. I'm not going to let what's happened in my past, good or bad, keep me from pressing forward. I am forgetting those things which are behind and I'm reaching. Do you have any reach left? Can I preach to somebody and ask you, do you have any reach left? Is there anything inside of your spirit right now that's saying, God, I'm still reaching for you? I, do you have any reach left? I, I, I'm forgetting those things which are behind and I'm reaching forward. Amen. Many years ago, when I was an evangelist, young, single, skinny, with hair, now how times change. Which of those are true? None of the above. Many years ago when I was evangelist, I was preaching at West Pontotoc for Brother Taylor, dear friend, many of many years. And while staying there, God gave me a dream one night. And I, I don't get a whole lot of dreams that mean very much, I don't think. But for all of my ministry now, for some 30 years or so, this dream has stayed in my mind. I've never been able to get it out of my mind. But in this particular dream, David from the Bible was going into his battle with Goliath. But, but David was not going empty-handed. David was carrying the carcass of the lion in one hand and the carcass of the bear in the other hand. The lion he had killed in the past and the bear he had killed in the past. And now in front of him in my dream was Goliath and David is going forward into his destiny. It's the killing of Goliath that would give David the right to marry the king's daughter, which would give David the right to become an heir to the throne. It was this battle that would solidify the anointing that Samuel had poured on him. It would take David from being just a man anointed in private by Samuel to David, the man that the maidens would sing about and the whole kingdom would yearn for to be their leader. It was the defining battle of David's life. This one battle more than anything else with Goliath was going to define David's destiny. And in my dream, David is going into that battle, but he's dragging a lion and he's dragging a bear. The problem with that 
it was great that David defeated the lion. And it was great that David defeated the bear. And I'm not going to get too deep into, into all the, the stuff that, that God, I feel, began to reveal to me. I'll just touch on it for a second. But the lion represented David's human will, this, this leader inside of him that wanted to do something. It was, his, it was his ego, it was his will, and the bear was his flesh. The lion and the bear didn't want to kill David because they hated him. It was just their nature. And I'm going to tell you, your human will and your flesh have a nature that wants to kill and destroy because that's just the way that humanity and the flesh is. And so if you're ever going to do something for God and become the king, you've got to become the master over your own will and let God order your steps. And you've also got to get your flesh under control and, and kill it and slay it or it's going to destroy your anointing. I, I know you don't want me to preach all that and I'm not going to get too much into it. But just, just let that sit there for a second in your spirit. But while David is carrying around the, back, the past battles, his past with him, the lion and the bear, his hands are encumbered by what he faced already so that he can't get the stone out of his pouch and fight Goliath. Now understand, this is not in the Bible. This is a dream. This is a dream that I'm having. And in this dream, David can't get to the stone to kill the giant. The, the giant is his mortal enemy. The giant hates David because David is a child of God and David is an Israelite and Goliath wants to kill him because of his anointing and because of who he is. But he can't kill the giant because he's still carrying around all this stuff from his past. And so he can't get to the stone to get it out, to get it in the sling, to kill Goliath. So all his destiny is about to be destroyed because he can't let go of what happened in his past. And in my dream, the Lord spoke to me and dealt with me. And he said, if you never leave your past in your, if you don't leave your past in your past, you'll never kill the giants of your future. Amen. And so Paul is saying, I can't hold on to those things which are behind me. Let me just tell you, you may have great revival in your past. You may have a great move of the Holy Ghost in your past, and that's great, but you can't live in your past. You need a great revival today, and you need a move of the Holy Ghost today. You may have great failure in your past. You may have terrible battles and addictions in your past, and you can't let that stop you. you got to leave your past in the past and reach. you got to reach those things which are before. Some people never get over their past. They live off their spiritual experiences, highs and lows, for years to come. And because of that, they haven't really gotten a true baptism of the Holy Ghost in a long time. They may worship some and praise some and even talk in tongues some. But they haven't had a true baptism of the Spirit in years and years. Paul said, I can't become what God wants me to be if I'm looking back to what I used to be. And so I got to forget those things which are behind me. And I got to reach to those things which are before. And then he said in verse 14, I press. I press. I mentioned this morning in my introductory remarks that I had to make this message personal for me. 
That's why I titled it, I Press. Because I can't make your decision to up your game for you. I can preach it. I can rant and rave and holler and scream and preach. And I can say how much we need it. I can say how much we ought to do it. But I can't make you press. The only one that has the ability to push you to another level is you. Amen. I wish everybody shout amen. The only one that can push you to another level is you. So this can't be my message I'm preaching to you. This has to be your message that you're laying hold of right now. Somebody ought to yell, I press. Somebody ought to yell, I press. It's not just your message, Pastor. This is my message now. It's a mentality that I'm adopting. It's a paradigm that I'm putting in my life. When I wake up in the morning, I'm not just going to live a regular old Monday and go about my business. When I get up in the morning, I'm going to press towards the mark of the prize when I lay down at night. I'm not just going to lay down and hope that I, that I don't die in my sleep. I'm going to press. I'm living my life with a mentality. I'm pushing myself to another level. I'm pressing. Let me just, let, can, I, I'm having conflicting feelings right now. Amen, because I want to just go ahead and preach, but, but there's, there's something in me that sometimes that makes me want to stop. And sometimes, let me tell you what you got to do. Sometimes you just got to shake yourself. Sometimes when you're acting a fool, you just got to stop and say, listen to yourself. You are ranting like an idiot. You got to shut your mouth and act like you've got sense. Amen. I may or may not be preaching to anybody in here, but I'm preaching to somebody somewhere. At some point, you got to stop yourself and say, get a hold of yourself. You're a Christian. You're a child of God. Get yourself together and act like you're supposed to act. I'm pressing. I'm not going to let my will get out of control. I'm not going to let my spirit get out of control. And I'm not going to let my flesh get out of control. I am pressing. I press. I press toward the mark. It's a mentality that I have. It's a mentality that I live by. I am pressing for more. Paul, Paul had this alternative, this, this alternating uh, mentality that came up on him sometimes. You know, we, we think of these Bible heroes like they are monolithic, just that they're always in the spirit and always just just in, in the glory and always in the third heaven. And they, 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 they never, you know, they, they, they're talking to you sometimes down here on earth, but they're really just seeing angels all the time. And that's not the case at all. Paul alternately felt like a failure or a hero. If you read the Bible multiple times, he reminds the church how terrible he was. Galatians 1.13, I, I don't have it on the I, I didn't give it to him in the back, so it's not going to be on your screen. But he, he said, you know how in my past I persecuted the church beyond measure and wasted it. He said, you know how bad I was. Multiple times he reminded, he could not forgive himself for the times that he fell. He could not forgive himself for how he persecuted the church. Over and over he would talk about, oh, wretched man that I am. He couldn't, he, so he, uh, uh, a lot of the time, he felt so unworthy to do anything for God because of what he had done in his past. And then the other part of the time, he said, man, I went to the third heaven. It was awesome. I saw such great stuff. I can't even tell you about it. And then over and over, Paul feels like he has to remind them, I'm an apostle. I'm an apostle. 
God called because he was afraid he had this inferiority complex that maybe you didn't think he was an apostle. So he kept constantly telling people. And here the church is, everything he writes, they're copying it down and passing it out. But in his mind, he's not ever good enough because he remembers back there. So you have to understand, Paul is not that much different than you and I. We take our turns of feeling no good or feeling too good. Sometimes I wish we'd just find an equilibrium. (laughs) Amen. But I'm going to tell you what got Paul through his low times and what brought Paul through his high times is a mentality. I press toward the mark. I'm not stopping. I may not feel like I'm on top of it, but I'm not giving up. I may have messed up, but I'm going forward. I press. If you'll adopt the I press mentality, you can overcome anything in your life. You will get in life what you settle for. Amen. Praise God. Amen. All you folks at home, you can be seated right now. Get back on your sofa and in your recliner. Don't get too carried away. You will get in life what you accept from yourself. If you allow yourself to just go off the end on binges and sin, say all kinds of stuff that you know you shouldn't say, act in ways you know you shouldn't act, take stuff you shouldn't take, and drink stuff you shouldn't drink, and go places you shouldn't go, watch things you shouldn't watch, listen to things you shouldn't listen to, and talk to people you shouldn't talk to. If you accept it, that's what you'll be. At some point, you got to draw a line in your life and say, not anymore. I'm pressing forward. I'm going to another level. I'm not going to accept that kind of mediocrity out of myself. God didn't die on a cross, shed his blood so that I can be mediocre and just muddle back and forth in sin. I have a mentality. I press. I wish somebody would say it right now like it's your sermon. I press. I've got a mentality I'm going forward. I will not accept stopping. I press. I press. I press. Oh, somebody ought to throw their hands up into heaven and say, God, help my mentality become a pressing mentality. Paul's a lot more like us than we thought he was. Hey, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Look, I'm pressing into his presence right now. I feel the Holy Ghost calling me to another level. I feel the Spirit of God saying, come on, folks. Come up higher. I got more for you. I got another level of revival for you. But you got to press. I tell everyone here tonight and everyone watching or listening online or by whatever means you're listening that God has more for us than just getting by. Amen. Jesus is God's rescue plan. But he doesn't only want to rescue us. He wasn't just going to rescue us and leave us where he found us. He rescued us and then he said, now go be an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Go do something great because my power is on you and my goodness is in you and my hand is with you. Don't just settle for just being out of sin. I don't want to just be out of sin. I want to be in the will of God and do something for him. I'm pressing, I'm pressing, I'm pressing, I'm pressing. 
I can say confidently to every member of Bethlehem Church and to every guest and friend, God wants to fill us with the Holy Ghost to the point that it revolutionizes our life. Amen. Whatever spiritual state you're living in, God wants you to have more. Hallelujah. But like I said this morning, your system is perfectly designed for where you are now. Your system, your lifestyle, your level of spirituality is designed exactly for where you are. But if you want to go higher, you got to change your system. If the way your prayer life is right now has only got you so far and you want to go further... You need to pray more. If the level of holiness that you've decided, okay, God, that's as far as I'm going to go. I'm not giving this up, and I'm not giving that up, and I'm not going to do this. I've gone as far as I'm going to go. I've, I've, I've come along as much as I'm going to. Well, then you'd be happy with where you are. But if you want more, you'll give more. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. I said the G word, give, and I wasn't even talking about money, but let's go ahead and go there. If you want to just keep getting by week to week, then you just keep giving mediocre. But if you follow a scriptural financial plan, my Bible says that he'll open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there's not room enough to receive it. Hallelujah. But your system is designed to keep you where you are. So if you want to go higher, you've got to get a new system. Some people settle for mediocre when God is calling us to press on. Hallelujah. I wish I was a singer. I, I, was, I was on my way back from Florida. I was preaching in Florida, and I, I got to the Charlotte airport. And when I got to the Charlotte airport, I was, I, I, the line for food was forever long, and my flight had been delayed for a couple hours. And so I, I'm, 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 like, I'm not going to stand in line for an hour for a piece of greasy fried chicken that's been sitting there forever. And so I went... And I, instead, I stood in line and bought a greasy ham and cheese sandwich out of the cooler in the little store there. And, and when I did, a girl come up to me and said, Brother Voskis. And I'm like, hey. She said, my dad looked you right in the face, and you didn't even recognize him. I said, well, he probably had a mask on. Turned out, Brother Lee Cook, pastor in Olive Branch, and 10 or 11 folks from his church were on their way back from New York, and they... And we met up at the airport. And when I, when, I, when I went back with them to where they were sitting, I told Brother Lee Cook, he put a video on Facebook of him singing somewhere in New York because he liked the acoustics so much. And he sang the national anthem. And the whole people, everybody in the place just gave him a hand clap because it was so awesome. And I told him, I said, if I could sing like you, I'd sing all the time. I said, if I could sing like you, I'd be singing right now. But I can't. And so I won't. But that doesn't mean I don't have a song in my heart. I'm pressing on the upward way. Any of, you, any of you young folks know this song? You don't, but you're getting ready to hear it, sort of. You're getting ready to get it wrapped to you. But, but you older folks, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? You're welcome to sing it. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. That's what I'm preaching about right now. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land. 
a higher plane that I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. It's been going on in my head all day. I'm pressing on the upward way. I'm not settling for where I am. I'm not settling for what I've got. I'm not settling for where we are. I'm pressing, I'm pressing, I'm pressing. I press. This is personal to me. I press. I'm pressing. I wish somebody right now would press a little bit beyond what you're doing right now. I wish somebody pressed just a little bit further than where you are right now. I press. I'm pressing on the upward way. Press on, press on, press on, press on. I don't, don't give up. Don't settle. I'm pressing. Every Christian in every, any area of life faces mediocrity. Every Christian in every area of life faces the mediocrity test at some point, and you got to pass it before you move on to higher ground. Sir Edmund Hillary, the first person to ever climb to the summit of Mount Everest, and I've seen Mount Everest. I've flown around Mount Everest. I've seen it, and I've flown around it, and it's awesome, but I don't want to climb it. Sir Edmund Hillary, the first person to ever climb Mount Everest, the first time he tried, he failed. After failing to get to the summit, he returned to England, and though he felt like a failure, he returned to a hero's welcome. He was knighted by the queen simply for trying. And at the gala celebration, there was a wall behind the head table where he was sitting. And that wall had a massive picture of Mount Everest from the floor to the ceiling, this massive picture of the mountain. And when he was knighted and introduced for the very first time, not just as Edmund Hillary, but as Sir Edmund Hillary, the people gave him a standing ovation for even daring to try to climb Mount Everest. When the people finally quit applauding, they sat down and Hillary turned his back to the audience and he faced the picture. And he said, Mount Everest, you have defeated me once and you might defeat me again, but I'm coming back again and again and I'm going to win because you can't get any bigger, but I can. Let me tell you, the devil might have won a battle or two in the past, but he's got all the power he's ever going to have but you can get more. You might have had some failures in your past. You might have had some weakness, but if you'll press on, you can get stronger. You can get more. You can grow in God. Your mountains can't grow, but you can. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I wish somebody to get that mentality. I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. Your mountain is your mountain, but you can rise higher. He said he would make your feet like hind's feet and make you climb on your high places. Look, I don't always go fast. I don't hardly ever go fast anymore, except when I'm driving. I don't always go at the pace I'd like to go. Charles Spurgeon, the man called the Prince of Preachers, he said that by perseverance, the snail reached the ark. There was a little bit of a delayed reaction there. I guess the cheetah probably got tired of waiting on the snail. Wouldn't you think? I'd say the horse and the zebra and the 
giraffe and the gazelle probably say, come on, snail, hurry up. But he made it to the ark just like they did. And maybe you hadn't gone as fast as you thought you should go. Maybe you're not quite where you thought you should be. But even the snail just kept on going until he got on the ark. And if I were you, I wouldn't let anything stop me from going forward. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I am pressing on. Can I preach a little bit more? You want me to stop? John Wesley revolutionized European Christianity in the 1700s. His changes paved the way for what is known as the Wesleyan Methodist movement, which became the holiness movement, which became the breeding ground for the early modern Pentecostal outbreak. He's credited, credited with inventing Sunday school as the modern Christian church knows it today. John Wesley was incredibly tenacious to press through adversity. His parents, Samuel and Susanna Wesley, were interesting characters in their own right. Susanna bore 19 children. Yeah. John was number 15. Only nine of them made it to adulthood. Samuel wasn't the greatest husband and father. He separated from his wife for a while, leaving her at that time with six kids at home to take care of for herself. He was a bad money manager. He ended up in the debtor's prison, leaving her alone again. Through sickness, oppression, and massive failure, John Wesley never gave up. Here are some entries from his diary, from the diary of John Wesley, Sunday a.m., May the 5th, preached at St. Anne's, was asked not to come back anymore. Sunday p.m., same day, May the 5th, preached at St. John's, deacon said, get out and stay out. Sunday a.m., May the 12th, preached in St. Jude's, can't go back there either. Sunday a.m., May the 19th, and I'm just, I'm just, I just copied and pasted what I saw, preached in St. Somebody Else's. Deacons called a special meeting and said I couldn't return. Sunday p.m., May the 19th, preached on the street, kicked off the street. Sunday a.m., May the 26th, preached in a meadow, chased out of the meadow as they turned a, a bull loose during the service. Sunday a.m., June the 2nd, preached out at the edge of town, got kicked off the highway. Sunday night, June the 2nd, the afternoon I preached in a pastor, 10,000 people came to hear me preach. When he died at the age of 88, he left 79,000 followers in England and 40,000 in America because he said, I press. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I press. Brothers and sisters, your, your system is designed to yield the result that you're getting. But if you'll change your system, you can get more out of your life. I press toward the mark. I'm trying to preach to that place inside of you right now that has been trying to get your attention through all the noise of life, that place, that voice inside of you that's been trying to get your attention through all the failures and all the mess-ups and all the stuff going on in the world, that voice inside your heart that's saying, come on, you can do more, you can be more. You weren't made for this. You weren't made to stay here. You were made for more. That voice in your head is saying, press, 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 press. 
1952, and I'm closing. In 1952, Florence Chadwick was the first woman to attempt to swim the 26 miles between Catalina Island and the California coast. On her attempt, she was flanked by small boats on both sides that watched for sharks. They were prepared to help her if she got hurt, grew tired, or attacked for some reason. After about 15 hours of swimming, a heavy fog set in. Florence began to doubt her ability, and she told her mother, who was in one of the boats, that she didn't think she could make it anymore. She swam for one more hour and then asked to be pulled out of the water. She sat in the boat, waiting for the fog to clear, and when the fog finally cleared, she realized she had stopped with the shore in sight, less than a mile away. She explained that she quit because she could no longer see the coast and there was too much fog and she couldn't see her goal anymore. Her failure haunted her. She couldn't sleep. She couldn't rest. For two months, she thought about quitting that close to the shore. It bothered Florence to the point that two months later, she decided to get back in the water and to swim from Catalina Island to the shore of California. This time, she swam a straight path for 26 miles. The same fog set in, but this time she refused to quit. She said, I kept on swimming because I remembered in my mind what the coast looked like, and I kept swimming for the coast that was in my mind. Folks, I'm swimming with heaven on my mind. There's a lot of fog in this world. There's a lot of stuff going on. This church ought to be full tonight of people, but there's a lot of fog in this world. I understand we asked for it to, to, to be this way for a time, but, but we, we've been dealing with this stuff for a year and a half. I, I, I wish this place was packed out, I, but if it was, I probably wouldn't still be preaching. I'd have stopped a while ago. But I'm telling you, we need to swim with the coast of heaven on our mind. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I'm reaching for more. I'm pressing. I'm wondering, is there a mentality in this place that says, Pastor, you're not going to have to beg me to worship, and you're not going to have to beg me to work, and you're not going to have to beg me to serve, and you're not going to have to beg me to pray. I got a new mentality. I'm walking out of this place today. I'm laying down my head tonight with a brand new mentality. I'm pressing on. I'm going forward. I'm reaching up. I'm reaching higher. I'm living with the coast on my mind. I'm living with the shoreline on my mind. I'm reaching for heaven. It's not going to be much longer. Why don't you stand and lift your hands to heaven all over this place? And wherever you are, why don't you worship God? And say, God, I pray, let me get this pressing mentality in my mind. I press, I press, I press, I press. Come on, somebody right now, you ought to press yourself to pray just a little bit harder than you're praying. You ought to press yourself just a little bit more. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. God, I'm pushing myself. God, I'm reaching for more. God, I'm pushing myself to go further in you. 
I'm pressing. Come on, that's right. Why don't you pray? All over this place, why don't you pray? Right in your house with your family, why don't you pray? God, help my family to be a pressing family. Help me to push myself to a higher level in you, God. Oh, that's right. They're playing and singing. And you're praying right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Oh, I don't want to stop with the shore.
take your hand and place it on your head. And why don't you pray for yourself right now? God, help me to have a mentality of someone that presses. Lord, can you do it? God, they're getting ready to fade the video out in just a moment. But before they do, why don't you just begin to pray for yourself? God, help my mentality to become one of pressing forward, of pressing on, of pressing higher and going forward. Oh, God, I'm pressing myself. I'm pushing. In Jesus' name, I am pressing. yet attain my prize, so I got to keep pressing, keep pressing on, amen, go before the Lord in prayer, Lord, we thank you again for this word, God, we pray, Lord, you'd help it to saturate our hearts and our minds, help us to change our ways and our desires to, to press more toward your kingdom, God, and to do more for your service, Lord Jesus, to live a, a stronger in you life, Lord God, we give you all the glory and honor, we pray that you'd protect us. Keep us as we go our separate ways in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.